friends, I'm Stephanie Wessel. Welcome to Messy Talk. Here in this space is where we get messy. Mental, emotional, spiritual, self-reliance work is literally a mess. When you start to wade into the aspects, either one at a time or all at once, life can get and feel very messy. Here, you will find the space to have the conversations about navigating yourself through the mess and into the truth of how strong, capable, and messy you really are. Let's get honest. Let's get real. Let's get messy. messy. Welcome to Messy Talk, Gabby. Yes, this is a perfect intro. Welcome to Messy Talk. You're my... One of my mentors, you are a fellow podcaster. You have the podcast Life from the Inside with your fabulous, fantastic mother, Tirza. And you are the rabbi at JCO, Jewish Collaborative of San Diego. And you're here to help us answer some questions and to chat about you and to get to know you because you really are one of my most favorite people on the planet. Oh and God. let's get into it, Gabby. I'm, I'm in. I'm all in. How did you, how long have you been a rabbi? I've been a rabbi. It's been almost 20 years. 2003, 20 years. And, have yeah. you, and have you known your entire life growing up in Judaism? Did you know that you wanted, this is what you wanted or have you had an evolution? Um, no, I was one of those weird people who in like middle school already knew what she wanted to do. And then it was like, I mean, not everyone works this way, but for me, I'm like, oh my God, I've had my path in front of me since I was 13. Like I knew exactly what I wanted to do and then just had to follow that path. So like it, it, what me, myself as a rabbi, there's been an evolution of how I do what I do, but I always knew I wanted to do it. That is such a like a rad thing. I literally talked to my daughter last week about how crazy it is to be a 12 and 13 year old person. And you were like, click, click, boom, boom, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. I love that for you. Yeah. I think, you know, and I'm not even going to wait for you to ask questions. I'll just get into it, but it's like, (laughs) you, you called this podcast love is my religion, which I mean, is the perfect like name title of the podcast for me, because I feel like love is what was like my first religion. Like that's how I grew up. I grew up in a family that just unconditionally loved. Like we, our main focus was loving each other and being together and spending time together. And then I had that in community too. Like I was a part of a community that just loved me and I loved them and I felt so safe. And so for me, it wasn't like, I wanted to become a rabbi because I wanted to spiritually lead people. Like who knows that at 13? I didn't know that. (laughs) Right. right? All I knew was, oh my gosh, like I want to be in this bubble for the rest of my life. Like whatever it takes. I want to be in that bubble. Oh, I love that. And I love that that bubble branched out to include your faith. And then through your faith, you found your people and the people who you invite into, into Jayco, because totally. it is open to everybody. And I think as a rabbi, in talking to you about your faith, I love how you always are so open to talk to everybody else about their faith and how, how do they live. And I've never met somebody who is so grounded in their own self and also so open to everybody else's self. 
Well, I think that's the key. Like, I think that if you're grounded, put even religion aside, like if you're grounded in who you are and you're, I don't even know if confident is the word, but you love who you are and you're proud of who you are and you love the life that you chose to live, then it's much easier to look at the way everyone else is living and be like, that's how they chose to live. And that's great. Like as long as everyone is choosing their path and the path that like leads them in, in a good direction, in a place of love and like connection and just feeling like they're getting the most out of life. I'm like, yeah, do it. Like whatever route you need to take. 100%. And I think that like that approach is so nice to just be around right now, because we had talked about earlier, just the last couple years in particular, and in general, we are taught not to talk about politics and religion and these things, right? Like literally we grow up like, oh, that's, you know, taboo. If you come from a place of love, why can't you talk to people? And that's the thing that I think is missing right now in people is that I'm having the hardest time with religious people. And I'm using air quotes right now because I feel like it's a hard time for people to justify what's going on. So we're even split more on how we view everything. And some of the worst things that I've heard in the last couple of years have been from quote religious people. And it's hard for me to reconcile as somebody who really is, has a lot of faith. And I don't know what that is. I was raised Catholic. We no longer go to church, but I have so much faith and love. And like you said, it's from a household that's just loving, you know, it wasn't perfect in our household, but at the end of the day, we were all human and loved hard. And sometimes that like loving looks different, but like, I have that core of just love and it is my religion. I don't want to say, I don't want to say I'm this or that. Like, I want to look at everybody with love and respect and curiosity. God, I have so much to say. I mean, you said you, you said so much in that little amount of time. Like, I think that first of all, I look at you, you know, and I see the journey that you've been on. And for me, watching you want to grow, like just wanting to grow, That, I mean, the definition of religion, right? It's like, it's having these core principles and following a certain path. And to me, like what we do in life coaching, like that's also, that's part of that too. Like that's, that's the spiritual and emotional work that we do. And religion is supposed to provide that for us. Like I always see it as um, body, mind, and soul. Right. And so the body, right. You have physical trainers, you have doctors, you have everyone out there who is helping us take care of our bodies. And then you have the mind, you have school, you have colleges, you have books, you have, we're we're taking care of our minds and making sure that we learn and, and take in information. But the soul part is the part that's like the hardest because people it's the unknown right? It's not as tangible and it's all about what we feel inside. And so for me, being a rabbi is just, I'm one of those practitioners. I'm here in the world to help you with that part of you. And we do that with coaching too and therapists, right? Like it's that, that aspect of who we are. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't even look at it like that because, you know, I'm so messy in my everyday life. I constantly feel like, my gift, if you will, to like the world is doing this work. 
and having these conversations and putting myself more with people who bring out this depth of me, because it's all of the things that I keep finding like, whoa, hey, a bitch has got layers. You know what I mean? Well, so here's the thing I want to, I want to say it before I forget, but it's like, religion is not the problem. It's people who are in religion. It's, it's religious leaders. It's people who attach themselves to certain religion and they like those people like to give the air of perfection that if you follow these ways, then, then you will live a perfect life, right? We know just by living this life, that's not how it works. Just by living it, not even being spiritual, like just living it's messy Like we're going to be messy. We're going to make mistakes, all that stuff. So for me, it's especially in Judaism, nothing is black and white. Like it's all complicated. And so for us, this is why I love Judaism so much. It's all about having those conversations and being like, well, what does it mean from this angle? And what, what does it mean from this angle? And what if, what if I'm going through this, right? Like, and, and then using the values, using the lessons, using the ritual, using all these things from the religion to help us, but not being so attached to the religion that we think it's like, there's only one way. If you, if you go through life thinking there's only one way, there's gonna, I mean, fear is going to come in. You're going to, this is where sociopaths are created. Like it, it, it's only one way. And I will do whatever I need to do to stay on that one path. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. And with so many different people having different backgrounds, different upbringings, different stations, you know what I mean? Like we all come in with our own agendas, right? Every single day, we just come in with our own suitcase. So to like, it's like working out, it's not a one size fits all. And that's the one thing that I think, you know, is having that love for humanity and having that love for yourself in wanting to get to know someone's story. Exactly. You know? And by the way, that love for humanity also means looking at people that we would judge, right? Like how can they live that way? How can they be so like one-sided, right? Even those people who are stuck in their ways to be able to look at them and say, there's a reason that they think that way. It could be how they were raised. It could be that fear overtook their lives and they needed to hold on to something and they're holding on to it for dear life, right? Like it could be so many reasons. And so looking at those people and not necessarily being like, I agree with them or they're doing right. Like they, they do things that are not good too. So not like saying that's okay. You do what you need to do, but being able to look at them and understand that there's a reason they are the way they are. And only like from that understanding, can we start to have conversations? Like if I'm talking to someone and I'm judging them, they're not going to want to share their story with me. They're not going to want to let me in and tell me why they are the way they are. But if I'm coming to a conversation open and understanding that I know who I am and I know what I stand for, I'm, I'm now curious and I want to know why you work the way you work. Right. And then maybe we can come to, maybe we can teach each other. Maybe not. Right. And I think that that's so crazy because like I grew up in a household where, and still around the holidays and everything like that, it's, everything seems a little more intense. Yeah. And so religion in particular is one of those things where we've, you kind of, you, you go through all the motions of how to, to make it work. 
right? We have to be around each other. We love each other. We respect each other. But are we showing that to each other in our actions and our words? So like, I really have to make sure I'm at a place to listen with the intent of understanding. And I think that that's one of these things that like, we don't do. I I don't, I don't think we give ourselves enough space. Like I want to understand you. So in that takes space because right now, all I'm hearing is how it's affecting me. (laughs) And so when I have to step back and do the work and be present for this person in their story, that takes a lot of work. And I think it's way easier for people to resort back to like, they're not listening. They're wrong. It's only about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It takes, a, uh, it takes work. It also takes intention. Like, you know, if there's someone in my life that is doing something that I think, God, I, I could never do that, but I want to know more before I even ask them those curious questions. I have to make sure that like my tone is in check and that I'm asking the questions in a way that they know I'm not judging them that I really just want to know. And so sometimes we'll ask questions and we'll tell ourselves, oh, we're just being curious, but the tone behind it is judgment. So even that layer of just really getting in touch with yourself and being like, no, I actually want to know, and I'm going to be sensitive to how I ask it, right? I want to make that space for them to be able to share with me. Right. And I think that's such a self-knowing piece. You know, I say, I say the same thing 50 times a day put your clothes away, put your clothes away. You know what I mean? Or it's just as easy as that. And like, we put the emotion behind it at that time. The feeling is now being emoted out in my tone. You know what I mean? That, That feeling is moving out. So instead of making it getting curious as to why I'm super judgy in this conversation, it's easier to just get it out that way. Or why they don't want to put the clothes away. Like why, why it's, (laughs) why is this a constant fight? Like, why do I keep having to tell you to put your clothes away and you don't. Right. And, and I will tell you, right. Like that's, again, that's a place of love for both of you of, of realizing, well, something's not working here. So let's like love ourselves and, and see why this is not working. Like it could be anything. It could be that your kids just want your attention and that's one of the ways to get it. It could be that they have ADHD and just can't remember to put, it could be so many different reasons. And just, just having that conversation of like, I want to understand already breaks those barriers. And then they might even pick their clothes up. They might even be more, do you know what I'm saying? Like, and then for me, another route right there, there's so many routes in all of this stuff of like, something's not working and it needs to change. For me, it's like, I'm just not going to ask you to put your clothes away anymore. It's too much for me. Like, I just don't want to do it anymore. And then I don't. And then I'm, I'm, I'm okay with clothes being on the, like, just keep it in your room and I'm good with it now. And then it's up to them. Choosing your heart. Yeah. We're at this arguing with you every day. It's super hard. I'm going to choose for myself because I'm tired of being a mockingbird, you know what I'm, or <laughs> mockingbird. No, I am a mockingbird. mockingbird. Like, really? You're not going to put your clothes away. <laughs> you know what I mean? But <laughs> I don't want to be that. I, I, I get all kinds of things when I feel like I'm not being listened to. So like, listen to myself and exactly. what do I need? Exactly. And then you're like, you know, okay, your room is your room. Right. We're done with this Unfortunately, they fight. have to share rooms. So like <laughs> we're figuring it out, but along those lines, 
of being a mom. You're yeah. one of my mom mentors as well. The way you parent is amazing. Did having children change the way that you viewed your faith or did it make strengthen it? You know, I think the only thing it did for, I mean, I think that my, I think that my faith strengthened who I became as a mom, you know, because of the work that I always did. I knew going in that I couldn't just like, I didn't want to just wing it. I wanted to go into being a mom with intention and having a vision for the kind of mom that I wanted to be, Um, which by the way, I do that in my community too, right? Like I have an intention of how I want, what, what I want this community to feel like, not look like, like, oh, I want this many members and we need this money and we need this building. I mean, it's like, okay, that's all stuff, but how I want it to feel the space that I want. Um, and then I follow that. That's like my beacon. And so I did the same thing for motherhood. Like I, I just knew what I wanted to like feel like as a mom and the relationship I wanted to have with them. And every time something came into my head of like, well, is this fight is fighting over this helping me? Is this helping our relationship? Is this helping that space that I want to create? And then just being able to ask those questions of myself, right. And, and going into it and being like, no, it's actually not that important. So I'm going to let that one go right? Like what is important being a mom? But the other thing is there's like a thing out there being a clergy kid is not easy. Like there are a lot of very confused clergy kids out there and especially rabbis kids, because as a rabbi, you're like the center of a community. And so your family becomes that center of the community too. And I decided from the get-go, my kids were going to find their own way through Judaism. They were going to find their own way through the community. I was never, if they want to come great. If they don't, that's great too. They have to find their own way and they're finding it right. Like in their own way. And I want them to figure out like what they want, you know, as they get older, they might not want to hold on to it at all. You know, they might find something else, which I'm totally good with. I know that they love being a part of a Jewish family you know, and having those holidays. So I know they'll never lose that part of them, but as far as like the outside world or what they practice, that's going to be up to them. I love it. I love it because it's about them. Exactly. It should be about them. Right. And not many people remember that because what our kids are a reflection of us, right? No, I'm, I see my own reflection and I'm, I'm tired of fighting with her to hold everybody else behind me. So like, it's like the most beautiful thing, motherhood and the hardest thing that I've ever done, but worth it, worth it. Because I learn every day that well, you what I really three. want, you have three yeah. kids. Yeah. I mean, you know, you have two hands for a reason, just yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> but you, you really do have to check your own ego with them every day and think like the, the time I have with them is so short. I really want to see them. I really want them to see me be me all the time. Right. The good, the bad, the ugly, but I'd rather them see just the constant showing up and being there and loving and loving hard. And that's, yeah. And I don't even, you know, it's like, I don't even think about it as I want them to see me. Right. It's, it's more about, it's more about the us for me. And so it is always that question. And I was going to say like, how awesome is it that motherhood is a spiritual experience because we constantly Mm -hmm. have to check our ego, right? Like how cool is that, 
that it's like a built-in spiritual practice, right? Of constantly mm-hmm. having to like check it in. And for me, one of the like prime examples is when my kids were like, I don't know, nine and six, it was time to go to school. And we were running a little late and I'm trying to get them out the door. And the two of them are on my floor hugging, like hugging. And I'm like, guys, we got, we got to go. And Noah looks up at me and says, mom, what's more important being on time to school or us loving each other? And I'm like, damn it, Noah, (laughs) you got me, you got me. And I was like, you're right. I can't argue with that. I can't, especially at nine and six that they are actually hugging and it's not a chokehold. Right. Like my kids are actively loving each other right now. I, I'm no time way. Out, yeah, time out. No Everybody way. else, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Look at us. Seriously, we're winning. We and loving. <laughs> right? God, it's a beautiful thing. It is. But in that beauty, Gabby, have you ever had a moment where you really questioned your faith? Never. Never. But you have to also understand, it's like what I said in the beginning, my faith is not um, constricted. Like it's, it's constantly evolving. So whatever it, it's becoming, it's, it's becoming. So I think my faith is really about just trusting the journey, right? Like that's, that's my faith is just because I don't have another, there's no other choice. Like our journey is our journey. So I don't have a choice. Like the choice is <laughs> go along with the journey and whatever happens is what is happening. And you'll deal with it as it comes your way in the best way, you know, how you won't shame yourself. You won't judge yourself. You'll just go, go with it, do what you can. And that's it. And I think that's my faith and everything else just is like stuff that comes with it, you know? And so when I'm rabbying, I'm not like spouting out like scripture, right? Like, I'm not like, you have to do this or else like, that's not, that's not my, my rabbiing is, Hey, let's talk about what it means to be patient. Right. And then I'll bring in like, here's what Judaism says about patience, but like, let's go into ourselves and see what that means. Let's talk about that. Right. And so all of that is, is creating a space where people learn how to have faith in themselves because they're collecting like the tools or the lessons or the values or the things that they believe in. And they're putting it in their own little box and collecting things along the way. And each journey is going to be individualized. Like no two faith journeys are the same and they shouldn't be. I love it. And I love every single, I love and appreciate every single one of my Jewish friends. I've always been welcomed to all holidays at all of my families and friends. Hillary, you've met her, my best friend. Her family has included my family. They get my kids Hanukkah presents. They are the most welcoming to me and my family. And it's all about having us be within the traditions and never pushing. And I love that. And it's needed right now, especially allies of the Jewish community to stand up and to say, when you see something or hear something that is anti-Semitic, you need to say something. Totally. Totally. And maybe understand, like, I think that, um, and rightly so, right? Like I don't, there's plenty of Jewish people who don't know enough about Christianity or Catholicism or other things. Right. And I think it's the same thing 
with Judaism, like people just don't know what our religion is. They, they know what they see. So I think with all of that, it's just about reading up on it a little bit, asking questions, like having those conversations because Judaism is also a spectrum. I mean, we have, we have the extremists in Judaism also. And then we have people who are Jewish, but like, eh, they like maybe celebrate Hanukkah, you know? And then we have all those people in between and it's this wide spectrum. So any group of people you can't put into one little label, any group, right? So yeah, it, it, anti-Semitism is out there, but so is other stuff, right? So for me, it's Mm -hmm. like, let's just start to understand each other and ask those curious questions. 100%. Gabby, I'm so thankful for your friendship and your guiding light. I love that you said you have like a light that you just, it's there and you, it's a knowing and you are that for a lot of people. So where can people find you? Where can people find me? Well, it depends. I mean, I, I have TikToks, you know, I like, the t- <laughs> I like the TikTok game. <laughs> so Love there's that. Rabbi Gabby on TikTok. I mean, it, you know, if some of your Jewish listeners are interested in what we do, they can go to jcosd.com. That's like our website. Um, they can join us for virtual services whenever they want, if they don't live near here, but like as a person, I don't know, find me on like Facebook and Instagram and, and in the world. I don't know. I'm here. Catch me on my socials. Catch me. What is it? Like drop me a DM. No, what it would, I know what, what is it? Slide into my DMs. I'm waiting. Love is my religion, and I'm so happy that you're part of my tribe. Thank you, same. Love you, Gab. Love you. Mental, emotional, spiritual self-reliance work is messy and ongoing. I appreciate you showing up and trusting in yourself enough to know that you were made for this. If you'd like to learn more about Messy Talk, you can find me on Instagram at messy underscore talks, or you can find me at www.yourinfinitelifeonline.com under coaches. I'm Stephanie Wessel. Thank you for being messy. See you again next time on Messy Talk.